All right, welcome. Today is September 20th, and we're back with the stream. We got Iham and Tenzin here, who is here to uh, come back and talk to us about Silo again. So welcome back. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's always, hey, nice to, always nice to have uh, guests coming back to give us yes. updates. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Every time. Appreciate it. How yeah. have you guys been? We've been good. Stepping away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, you're doing serious miles, like you you told us earlier. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so what do you guys got for us today? What's what's been happening over at, at Silo? <clears throat> Lama, yeah, Lama is like uh, picking up. Uh, go ahead, Nathan. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll send it. But um, yeah, I mean, Silo Lama. I mean, you guys uh, were really instrumental and, and helpful for us. Uh, so you know, we thought we'd come back and just kind of give an update. Um, so you know, with Silo Lama, we we launched it not too long ago. Um, really, we started uh, with the Curve Market, uh, which is uh, really uh, really quite large now, and you know, um, been growing. Um, and for anyone that, that's not aware, Silo, you know, we do risk isolated lending, uh, and Silo Lama is essentially a protocol where everything is paired in an isolated way uh, with uh, Curve USD. Right. Um, so it's very much a, a curve centric protocol and we hand out incentives and curve. Um, so uh, the, the incentives uh, are in a token that, um, you know, I think the llamas are, are very interested in. Uh, but yeah, most recently we, we've been trying to really pick up the, the Wi-Fi market and we've had some uh, good success there. Uh, now we have incentives. We have uh, some curve incentives for uh, curve USD depositors uh, within that market. Um, and I believe we, we've garnered just about 3 million TVL in that market in the last, um, you know, week or so. Um, so yeah, I mean, really looking to start growing that, uh, and part of the TVL is, uh, protected. So if you actually look within the markets, um, you have the ability to, uh, block your collateral from being borrowed. So this is really helpful if you want to provide, uh, you know, take out a loan, but don't necessarily want, uh, your tokens to be used for, uh, for short side liquidity. Um, and yeah, there you see it. That's pretty cool. I think you guys had just broken 20 million, uh, last time that you had come on for the llama markets within like a day or two. So that's great that your TVL is, is keeping on increasing during that time period. Yeah, we have about, uh, 22 million curve USD now, uh, locked in the, in the protocol, uh, mostly about, uh, nine, about uh, about eight or nine available to borrow. So, twenty-two million in um, in Curve uh, USD itself. Uh, about uh, thirty-five, or uh, probably about thirty-five in in other tokens, namely Curve, uh, deposited. So uh, Curve uh, right now uh, as collateral uh, leading, uh, meaning uh, users just uh, deposit Curve uh, and borrow Curve USD. The second uh, market that we are seeing some uh, serious growth uh, in is uh, the Wi-Fi market. Uh, we're seeing willing uh, 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 borrowers uh, like depositing Wi-Fi uh, wi and, and borrowing Curve USD. We're, we've been trying to grow the Curve USD side. Uh, so now it's about, uh, you know, those isolated markets, uh, they just match borrowers and lenders in an isolated uh, risk isolated way. So in the Wi-Fi market now, we're seeing uh, demand for borrowing Curve USD and uh, and maybe the 
this, the curve you decide uh, is growing, uh, but not as, as fast as, uh, as we, uh, uh, we expected. Um, and that's something that we're kind of trying to, uh, to learn why. Uh, but the market is they probably have like about two million now in TVL and about probably half a million of Curve USD being borrowed with Wi-Fi. Uh, Wi-Fi, I think, to my knowledge, it's the only lending market on Ethereum. But I might be wrong. Hmm. Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. a that's a good point actually, because uh, isn't Wi-Fi supported by Aave? So Wi-Fi was supported by Aave. Uh, Wi-Fi got frozen with the last wave of assets the same time that uh, Curve got frozen. Hmm. Um, and then also, I believe Maker has retired uh, their uh, their Wi-Fi vaults, if I'm not mistaken there. Um, but th that used to be kind of be the primary uh, choice for um, Wi-Fi borrowers. Um, Interesting. But yeah, but I think Curve USD can certainly serve that purpose of uh, feeding the long tails, uh, especially in, in the manner that we're doing it, right? Because there's no, uh, it, it's not like the, it, the collateral is minting it. So there's no actual systemic risk to Curve USD. And it's a way to open it up to kind of more broad open uh, lending opportunities. Now, have you looked at uh, Yearn's new YETH product as another asset to add? Um, I, I'm not 100% sure about it. Maybe Aham can comment on it. Yeah, no, uh, we definitely are going to, uh, to do it for V2. It's, I think, a very interesting uh, product, uh, um, but we don't have the bandwidth right now to develop uh, some infrastructure. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, infrastructure. What I mean is just a, basically a, a way to read the price of the of the asset and a way to liquidate it in case you borrow ETH against it and you become insolvent and we have to liquidate you. So that's not an easy thing to do. Um, or basically, you need some some resources to develop and now we're preparing we're, uh, for V2. And, uh, but I think it's super interesting. Yes, absolutely. It's one of the uh, assets that we will consider for V2 for sure. Yeah, it's interesting with the ETH LSDs. I wonder, have you guys looked at uh, for like LSD pricing or essentially determining liquidations and, and borrowing parameters for the LSDs. Have you looked at, at just querying the, the beacon chain itself rather than using like a pricing oracle? Uh, you mean like using the, uh, like the, the rate of inflation for the Ethereum network as just like the fixed interest rate kind of? Not fixed, no, but, what I'm know. saying is like, like knowing that, so say you list like Steth, right? Uh, you, you could go in and like query on the beacon chain, like all of the Steth validators and know exactly how much ETH they have at one time. And so you could determine, well, Steth, on, on the Beacon Chain, there's this much ETH that is secured by Steth. So even though the price change may vary uh, for the product on a like block by block basis on the, on the consensus layer, uh, the, the uh, Beacon Chain will chain it. Yeah, you you mean like taking taking ETHs instead of taking ETHs value from a liquidity pool, taking it from uh, just the rebase rate times uh, the price of ETH essentially. Yeah. Um, uh, well, not the re well, yeah, the rebase rate, the index. Um, the the problem with that is that it can get messy with liquidations. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, if a staff is trading at a discount of you know, I, I, just throwing out numbers, right, like ten percent. Um, that and the liquidation fee is you know 10 percent. then the liquidator doesn't have enough incentive to come in and uh, close out the loan 
um, especially if you're you're quoting the um, the liquidator or a higher price. Ah, uh, yeah, but I guess if you if you have like I guess you're taking on the duration risk. Then like if you're if you're uh, liquidating on that, you essentially say, okay, well I have to wait like however many days to get the ETH out of uh, the beacon chain and back to uh, the the app chain execution layers. So um, it's just different risks, right? So, um, so what, what's happening next with V2? Uh, well, uh, I can tell you more about uh, uh, the, the V silo that we've modeled uh, after uh, the V curve. Uh, uh, and the timeline, I can't provide timeline, but we are going to an audit uh, soon, hopefully. Uh, uh, next month, we'll see uh, where we have a trail of bits, and then we have Sertora, uh, uh, and we have uh, also the formal verification contest we're doing. So we're going to formally verify every every contract we have. And last uh, last time, we did it ourselves, and this time, we're going to do it ourselves, but we're going to enlist the help of the top developers in the community so they can write uh, more and more formal verification rules so we can kind of like expand that suite. And then after that, we're going to launch it. And so it's going to take a lot, like a, not a long time, but it's going to take serious time to launch it. And uh, you know that uh, we have uh, been uh, lucky and, and, and uh, grateful for the uh, security of our protocol. Uh, so now our second step has to be carefully, uh, really <laughs> calculated uh, as far as security and uh, uh, so the with with v, the V silo we're we're doing is is basically uh, we're enabling users uh, to vote for um, incentives for emissions uh, to uh, the pools they like uh, using the V silo, and uh, we're doing a cross uh, chain voting. So if you have uh, the uh, the V silo token, you you could vote for emissions on any side chain or any L2 that we integrate with in the future. That's kind of the basic, uh, the basic uh, <clears throat> design, uh, the emission program, how much we're gonna allocate. Uh, it's still, uh, we're, we're gonna propose it for the silo DAO, uh, like token holders to decide on it, but we're probably going to, we're, you know, the, the treasury owns about 50% of the tokens. So uh, those tokens are gonna be burned first and they're gonna be in like, streamed uh, per block uh, so for a long long time so if, if of course the DAO uh, votes for it so we we think that should fix some of the issues that we had establishing so if you look at the silo let me tell you the problem in, in matching in in, uh, in isolated markets so you match curvy as the users that say uh, lenders with uh, borrowers that say Wi-Fi or curve users now those curvy as the users they the chicken and egg problem. They need to, to to see some base APR in order to justify the lending. Now, uh, obviously, you need a borrower to borrow, right? It's uh, and a serious borrower. So, if that user doesn't uh, exist or not, or, or borrowing activity is not does not produce enough APR for curvier users, they're not going to lend. So, what happens here? What's importance of VSILO? VSILO can provide incentives, and this incentive can establish a base APR, and this base APR at least guarantees uh, a certain return for the curvy SD users, uh, even if there's you still have not attracted more and more borrowers to to get that 
APR, the interest-based APR going. So this is why it's important. And uh, we've, uh, we've tested this uh, theory, of course, uh, on, on, the, on the LAMA and, and silo arbitrum as well, uh, where we uh, stream incentives, uh, a little bit of incentives. We've tested that theory and we know that it's very important uh, to have that type of like base APR for, borrower, for lenders to justify the deposits uh, for and until the market, um, that action in that market gets, uh, gets going. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the main thing we're doing for, for V2. Of course, there's a lot, a lot of more uh, features we're releasing and uh, but uh, things gonna be exciting. I'm personally excited about it and uh, yeah. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, we, we hope that uh, by then Curve ESD um, has grown into a much much larger uh, circulating supply, so we can uh, see it uh, denominating uh, more and more debt, uh, either directly uh, through minting or through uh, borrowing, which we've we've seen right now. And uh, I can tell you, like I think uh, Curve ESD can denominate much much more than the assets that you see right now in the UI. Right now, it's more about uh, denominating that uh, for uh, curve, curve and, and Wi-Fi and uh, the other assets. But hopefully, with V2, we're going to see it expanding to more if. Uh, um, and, and hopefully, the Curve community can realize that and, and jump, uh, jump on it. Because honestly, it's just, there's a lot of benefits of, for using a lending protocol to, uh, to help expand the, the supply um, and a return for, for Curve USD holders. So do you have a good sense of who is exactly using this protocol so far? Like, is it all Mitch? Is it like a lot of like small fries? Is it like a lot of whales? Like what's the kind of typical user that you've identified? No, it's it. Uh, we're on the borrower side or on the uh, depositor side or both? Uh, both? Both. So on the lender side on CurveUSD, certainly serious uh, CurveUSD holders. Like uh, we see users holding starting with 35,000 up to... Uh, a million or two, like mm-hmm. depositing or lending. Uh, on the uh, on the borrowing side, you said on the lending side. On the borrowing side, obviously, uh, we see Mitch and we see also other wallets. Honestly, we don't know who they are. Um, uh, depositing curve and and borrowing uh, in the wi in the Wi-Fi market. Uh, we also see a couple of uh, maybe smaller players in Curve USD side, and we see large players on the Wi-Fi. I think we're trying to kind of capture that market. Um, uh, there's probably an easier uh, uh, yep. market to target because obviously Wi-Fi is held by um, serious uh, user uh, power users uh, in the in DeFi, but they don't necessarily have a market. So it's a really um, if you wanted to cl- if you want to probably group these users are definitely power users, and uh, these users have minted the Curve USD with um, like in, in in serious uh, amounts. So I think they're definitely uh, serious uh, users. I would and- say. Yeah. I, I think there's also this uh, one other kind of user within the curve silo, which is uh, interesting, which is this, it's this little microcosm, right? But uh, a lot of the, the curve deposited into that uh, particular market is uh, set to non-borrowable, right? That's to prevent people from shorting it. Uh, but there is uh, some amount of it, uh, you know, that is uh, deposited uh, for people to borrow. Um, and within that kind of atmosphere, you see kind of... Uh, like smaller wallets uh, play around. I, th- I think it's just really cool to see uh, and kind of like push APRs and move them around. So, I mean, if, you, if you're if um, you one of those people that likes to kind of watch uh, yields, uh, the, the the curve pool, uh, you know, like it, it spikes up 
for uh, to like 30%, 40%, you know, time to time or throughout the day sometimes even. Um, but it, it's interesting to see how the, like uh, it's like this, you know, like the curve depositors responding to the uh, curve borrowers. What about uh, leverage? It's possible to loop and lever up your position. Are a lot of users doing that or is that not possible? Not in this version, no, and not inside of V1. Uh, we kind of uh, theorized it would, yeah, in V2 is definitely, it's a feature that's going to be available right but now. I mean, they, they can, can do it manually, yeah. yes. You can do it manually, yes, of course. Yeah. Right. I mean, have you, have you looked at the stats to see if people are doing it manually? There's very few users that are leveraging up, uh, at least not in the sense of looping. Uh, there's, I would say, on Arbitrum, uh, a lot more users that like borrow, like, you know, like they take their token, they borrow USDC, and then they'll buy a separate token, right? So that, that is a form of leverage. Um, but yeah. Yeah, looping, I have not seen that behavior yet. Like someone, you know, uh, yes, I have not. Um, uh, well, I mean, the reason is, is that, uh, I mean, in, in the sense, probably you're talking about if someone longing curve, I mean, if they're selling it for more curve and, and that's something like it's just not, we haven't seen it. Uh, maybe in, uh, we have, uh, we have not really uh, tested yet with other stable coins. We have a USDC market. We think that uh, since curve USD is, uh, I mean, uh, bears yield, somehow you can actually make a serious yield with it as opposed to uh, USDC, um, to my knowledge. Uh, we have not, um, we haven't really pushed that market to see if there will be users interested in in, in looping that way, uh, because I would I would uh, I would assume that uh, there is a, an opportunity there, right? I mean, if you deposit, uh, yeah, if you deposit uh, USDC, borrow Curve USD, and sell it for USD C more, and 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 I don't know if if, there's, if that makes sense at all. Well, that's a curve short, right? No, he's talking about the the USDC uh, curve USD uh, market in specific. Market, yeah. yeah. Oh right, all oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I was. I, I think. I think I was talking more about like the like depositing ETH and then borrowing CRV USD, buying more ETH and getting leveraged up like that. Yeah, we don't have uh, ETH markets. Uh, all the markets, all the assets that you can mint. You can natively mint Curve USD with. We have not started because we we, we thought like why would you start an ETH uh, market if you can mint Curve USD with much probably much cheaper rate through Curve uh, UI, right? Uh, uh, but yeah, got it. Now you mentioned earlier that you're hoping to see Curve USD supply grow and how that would uh, kind of have knock-on effects for your protocol. Uh, from your perspective, what should Curve be doing to stimulate the adoption of Curve USD? Oh man, well, I think Curve uh, does already kind of a, an amazing job. Uh, I think maybe you know I, I don't because I, I don't consider like the Curve team. It, it, you know, they don't have a marketing team, right? Like they they are very much just like a developer um, tech tech focused team, uh, but they are kind of I guess you could call BD. It's more of like these like protocols that live around them. Um, but I think they, uh, have already taken great steps. I mean, the, the supply has grown. I think we're at 800 million now curve USD somewhere around there. Uh, the, you know, the way curve lower. pools, everyone matching <laughs> yeah, way a, lower. A, a bit lower. Yeah. Yeah. If I got a screen uh, share up, if you want to look at the curve monitor site by Elinara, 
Sam. And yeah, you can see it. that it's basically been stagnant for September, like maybe slightly increasing. Um, jumping to the breakdown, you can kind of see that like a few of the markets have slightly trickled upwards. Um, mostly it's WSTEF. There's been uh, some SFRAX ETH. WBTC seems to be catching on. Uh, no one much cares about the uh, the WETH markets. But oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I pulled up like, Etherscan, that's why. Well, it's probably you, the minted yeah. US, uh, curve USD inside the markets. Uh, yeah, that would be the yeah the the kind of a theoretical amount that the but yeah the circulating supply is like a bit over hundred million where it's been kind of parked for most of September. It's pretty good. Still, yeah, it's, still positive. Oh yeah, it's better than anything I could do for sure. But how does it get yeah. to a billion? How to get Justin to a billion? Sun, guys? Yeah. Justin Sun, STUSCT. <laughs> ah, really? I mean, like... no, I, I I can I can tell you a way to do it. Uh, yeah, well, it's uh, so here's a. Lending actually, lending is a is a major growth lever uh, to grow the supply, and in two ways. Uh, you know, if you create a, if you create interest, you need to pay this interest in Curve USD at the end of the day, uh, and that will certainly lead to users minting new Curve USD. Um, so definitely, there's a correlation there, but the uh, the direct demand for Curve USD will come from lending, at least from my really uh, perspective. Um, right now, we have the largest market is Curve, uh, but let's let's compare to uh, how uh, Dai, for example, or USDC being like it's probably hundreds of millions of dollars being like borrowed on on Aave and other lending protocols. So you would have to make Curve USD. You'd have to find a way for users to deposit this Curve USD uh, in and deposit them, uh, mint it and deposit them in this isolated markets. Right. Uh, the uh, issue right now, for example, we have a market for Curve, but not every user wants to be exposed to Curve uh, as a lender. Uh, same thing with the Wi-Fi market. Users have different uh, uh, appetite for risk. So, uh, but you have other markets. You have uh, our ETH. Uh, you have uh, LDO. You have RPL. You have USDC. You have other ones. The the problem is, well, how do you get uh, you need to create uh, yield-bearing opportunities or like a base APR for the Curve ESD users in those markets, in those lending markets to, to deposit. And we have seen actually, there is some correlation between uh, launch, launching Sidolama and, and, and a little bit of increase, I think. It could, it could be, you could actually say that stimulated users, like uh, giving users a way to, to actually make yield. And other markets that, I would, that users might perceive as less risky uh, like USDC, for example, that market would be like a, like the least risky uh, uh, isolated lending market. The problem is, how do you get users to to deposit in those in those? So uh, and maybe uh, some curve incentives. If 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 Curve gives us incentives, we stream them and we can get that get that to to users and the users can deposit them. I'm not sure if the Curve community would be open to that, but that's definitely a way uh, to do it, and I think it's an effective way because you establish. Uh, a base IPR for those Curve USD holders, and they will deposit and not worry about a, if, if there is an existing borrower or not, and then borrowers will start coming, and, and eventually you start uh, creating a demand for those. So that's a, an effective way, and, uh, and, and I think it uh, might uh, um, uh, stimulate uh, um, uh, basically uh, more minting for, for the Curve USD. Well, they've also added, well, they also can add more assets. So specifically SDI would be a good target for them to add, um, especially mm -hmm. if they, no, That's you don't think so? One, uh, no. so th 
centralization kind of issue, I think. And it's exposed I mean, it's, it's now backed to by USDC. Wow. Yeah. And and you exposed now to a whole unknown, in my, to, to me at least. I mean, an unknown, uh, like a black box of uh, of of uh, risk related to real world assets. Like, how do you seize those assets, and how do you liquidate them? And yeah. uh, and and uh, and and the <clears throat> Um, it's a, it's a, it's a really, really. Um, I mean, uh, it's a tough one. Uh, the die itself now is, is no longer this. Uh, to me, it's it's a little bit getting a little bit opaque. And with I, I love Maker. This is not a. This is kind of like a, a, an admirer's uh, criticism, really. It's uh, it used to be that USDC and ETH and, and a bunch of at least you you know you're kind of exposed to and now it's becoming more it's becoming like uh access is dollar as uh, as as it becomes like uh, a real world asset and, and maybe it's for most users doesn't uh, matter which is great but for if i were like uh looking at the um, monetary policy of curve usd i would be like huh this is this is really not necessarily a great thing uh, uh, really, uh, I don't think really it's a matter of, uh, of of doing other assets. I think it's a matter of creating uh, uh, an opportunities for users to to hold this uh, curve USD, and it's still a nascent uh, asset, really, right? It's just a few months old, so it's I think it's a it's a it's a great uh, uh, success so far. But yes, it's one of those things that we can definitely do that. What is that yeah. uh, complicated this was... thing? This was a, uh, <laughs> so I'll pull up the picture. Uh, this was a meme that came out the other day uh, where Dev's Tool again posted this and said, it, it's, it kind of comes from the Apollo missions where he's like, ask the software engineer once what it cost to build this thing today. I'll never forget his answer. We can't, we don't know how to do it. And it's a picture of, uh, uh, of, sure. of Die here. Make, with their, oh, yeah, this clap yeah. and maker flop clip yeah. abacus. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, they, and they have these like really weird variable names, I believe, for all of the oh, man. What is it? I don't like it, flip, it's like, flap, uh, dog, oh, flip. Yes, it's, spot, it's crazy. <laughs> jug, pot, it's flash, gin. Yeah, <laughs> and it's becoming centralized. Just just mint it off chain and and bridge it like uh, USDC and and get rid of all this complexity. Uh, but. Sort of to get back to your question also, like you were saying, um, like, how does Curve USD uh, grow? I, I think it's important in, about also like how it grows. I think Curve USD could grow to a billion, you know, relatively quickly if it, for example, listed USDC as collateral uh, for minting Curve USD, right? But I don't think that uh, would be the appropriate way, right? I think Curve USD is more of like, we're trying to create an actually decentralized stablecoin. Uh, oh, that's almost like a meme now, but, um, yeah. but yeah. I, I have actually, I have a plan for Curve USD. Uh, when we launch V2, I'm going to propose it to uh, some uh, Curve community members and uh, for uh, just exactly for that, and which is basically uh, we'll, uh, we'll provide the growth levers for Curve USD, for minting cur more Curve USD and using vSilo as well. It's not necessarily you need like uh, to provide external ones, but definitely there will be, because lending, because as long as you mint it with these uh, assets uh, in the in the native protocol, uh, lending shouldn't be a problem. Actually, in mm -hmm. fact, you need to denominate as much as that is possible, and V2 will allow for that, like freely. Um, so uh, certainly, it's uh, it's one of the things that I will uh, I will propose. 
uh, but I still uh, remember like all these big stable coins have had at least uh, two summers. So just wait for it. We're all waiting for that summer, Garrett, yeah? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think it might be better suited for what Frax is releasing then soon uh, because their, their FXBs uh, have no connection to like RWAs or like treasuries that are managed off chain. It's just future Frax that's being produced and and sold at a discount um, through like the actual protocol itself and not having to rely on these like external intermediaries um, mm. but maybe there is no in game maybe it's just DAOs, more sub DAOs and DAOs. <laughs> <laughs> sub sub DAOs. What, what do you guys think about this whole like sub DAO movement of you know splitting off i potentially creating new tokens having teams that kind of operate independently of the main DAO? Um, I, I saw it when it was kind of coming up because um, those are part of a bunch of different DAOs. I think, well, I, I don't know. I've, I've had like mixed uh, responses just from people who have been a part of it. Some people say that it's worked great. Some people say that it hasn't worked at all. And, you know, like those two people that I'm thinking of particularly were like on the same team. So, <laughs> uh, so it, it's difficult to say. Uh, but I mean, it can be get a little bit too bureaucratic, but I do think bu bureaucracy to an extent does give us a, some at least some sense of security. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting uh I, I I like it in theory, but the problem is like oh at least like uh, uh, have we have we seen any kind of like success uh, about it or not? It's uh, for me it's more about like uh, should be like much easier. For example, if you uh, look at teams requesting like uh, forget about the sub DAOs, but let's say teams requesting some grants from Uniswap or it's much easier to get it. Uh, it's much easier to kind of contribute there. Uh, and, and Curve has probably been like a little bit conservative, I would say, a little bit conservative when it came, came to that. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe they have the reasons. Uh, but I would, uh, for example, like we've developed uh, this uh, Silo Llama um, for, for Curve uh, USD. And, uh, and, and I personally, uh, uh, we've, we've had a lot of uh, support from like uh, various individuals in the community, uh, including uh, uh, Michael, uh, but like I would have loved uh, to find a way to kind of integrate more with the with the Curve community, be it as a sub DAO or like a, a just an external team that is kind of trying to create the synergies between these uh, these two uh, uh, projects. I think that's kind of like uh, uh, the goal there. The structure around it, how do you structure it? Uh, that's a different question. How do you how you do it? I think I feel like uh, Curve has created the structure, but it just it's just kind of like creating a, a, the, the solution before you know what the problem is. Uh, it's just a little bit cumbersome to me. At mm -hmm. least that's kind of like personal um, um, feedback. Although I know that the intention is, is quite actually the opposite, but yeah. <clears throat> Sounds like normal politics, right? Like let's create some new committees. To... Yes, uh, exactly. Just like a, make it easy. Just create like, a, for example, like I wanted to, uh, uh, like a submit a request for like a, just curve incentives just to stream uh, stream them back because I mean remember like the uh, these three incentives will go back to really curvy as the users mostly uh, but I was like uh, I was discouraged I would say by friends like oh, well it's gonna be a little bit difficult it's gonna be very difficult there's no 
president like that. And, and I felt like, uh, well, yeah, that's okay. So, and no one wants to attempt something and, and kind of like gets uh, rejected. It's just sometimes people look at it like in a, in a negative way. And it's like, yeah, but maybe, maybe that's uh, someone needs to, to, to do it to kind of be the first. Uh, yeah. 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 I think, again, like it comes down to like how much bureaucratic process you put into place with these sub DAOs. Like if you're just enabling teams to go out and like small groups of teams to go out and build or, or be independent while still having some authority, uh, then that kind of makes sense. But if you're just creating new committees that are like scanning documents or adding a new level of bureaucracy, then things will probably get hung up and people are not going to like it. But yeah. It's always that's always the problem with increasing the complexity of systems, uh, yeah. Like both vertically and horizontally. Also, I I mean, I mean, most tech you know based companies. I mean, I don't feel need like an enormous team, right? Uh, so sub DAOs, right? Like that that's something that would be kind of more for a, like a bigger organization, like that. Like I would see it working for like maybe like the Ethereum Foundation, uh, or something like that, right? Like that just works at a, at a much higher level. Uh, but yeah, because the, there is also kind of an issue and this is even an issue in contacting people, uh, like today, right? Like with, with when you speak with some, uh, like bigger, uh, projects, right? Like you speak to someone, but like, they don't actually have, uh, like any say, right. And then you have to go and, and, and kind of climb the steps and, and, and speak to more people and more people, um, where it's like with a smaller team, you can uh, be more direct. Yeah. Well, according to the grants committee, the grants committee is doing a great job and they're the ones who have the authority over, over it. So we just have to hope that they know what they're doing. We had a good experience with the, the Curve Grants Committee. Uh, the What is it called? The little Discord chat, but yeah, no. Um, cause they, uh, they helped us out with uh, our risk assessment, I believe. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. It, it's interesting to see how the different DAOs operate, right? Like how curve the internal politics of curve versus like the internal politics of Ave and who holds sway in different communities and is able to like affect votes. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And they, they, they know how to play politics pretty well. I think yeah, it's as, as, as big as we, uh, sometimes I feel like DeFi is quite very, very small and, uh, you know, ecosystem. And uh, there's a lot that happens behind doors than we see. And as, 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 as much as uh, we believe it is uh, transparent and, uh, and in the open and something like that. So, but no, that's uh, probably, that's, these are what, that's what the, the, the modern human is. So when you see phenomena like that, do you actually think we're building a kind of superior, better financial system, or do you think we're just recreating the old one? Kidding. I don't think we're capable of creating a totally new system. Not not yet. Not yet. Yeah, just uh, a little so bit of... It's better uh, just uh, because we, like, slightly different players have access, like us, because we're early, yeah. but it's basically what the same it? thing. Yeah, just look at Maker, how they started and how they ended up, and how will they, they will end up. They'll end up like a, a centralized, I guess, not even a CD file. They're actually getting closer to uh, 
A bank. Yeah, to see. Like, uh, yes. <laughs> so, but that's where the money is. If you want to become rich, uh, yes, that's where you should do what you should do. If that's your goal, if your like only goal is to to to, to become so, like a, a super rich, that's what you do. So, is Silo uh, going to become a bank? I I I I personally will not. Uh, no. But if the DAO wants to become a bank, sure, yeah. yeah. I, I will not be part of it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. I think well, we should, at least like I, I see the goal of any like long-term crypto project is to come build, decentralize it enough where you can just like fade into the ether and disappear and uh, it continues yeah. to work. Yeah. 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 I have I have a lot of uh, nice. Creating a timeless product, right? Exactly. It's cool. Yeah. Like the Uniswap guys could essentially just like stop tomorrow and we'd still be using Uniswap V2 probably in twenty to thirty years, right? Like just because it, it does the job of what it's doing so well. Just because we don't understand how Uniswap V3 works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although although you, you we will definitely need someone to run the front ends, uh, and that is is going to be the biggest, uh, uh, I would say, uh, thing. So so if you think about it, it's really about the front end, uh, right? Most users use this front end. They want to use like yes, anyone can develop it, but now you're seeing basically uh, regulators coming after the people running front ends because they know that uh, smart contract. Uh, it's just difficult to go after those uh, people that develop, right? Unless it's malicious and something else. That's something else. Uh, and those users, uh, uh, those uh, companies or teams that run, uh, who run the, uh, the, uh, the front ends, they can charge a fee actually. So think about uh, Maker and Oasis. Oasis, they have their contracts, right? 98% mm -hmm. of, of users go through them. Right, those uh, peripheral peripheral uh, contracts and the front ends, and they can charge whatever, and they tell you like, "Oh, we're not maker, we're Oasis." They're actually maker, uh, which is fine, and that's kind of legal way to work around it. But the front ends, everything. Yeah. Well, we're we're all going to be using Urbit here in the next year yeah. or so, running our front ends. Yeah. And uh, someone in the comments I see uh, brings up a. Uh... Uh, a, a good uh, point or it's uh, or i guess speaking of front ends how about that balancer hack you know that's a perfect example and we've seen it with badger too before right um a lot more money can be lost in, at, in the front end level do, do we know how um, it happened yeah it was like a dns hijacking i believe yeah, yeah. oh wow okay that's a typical one wow that's a yeah, I, I got lucky actually yesterday. I interacted the day before I interacted with Balancer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would have lost a few hundred dollars though. It's just that it's a hot <laughs> wallet. That's nothing in it. Yeah. A lot of money nowadays. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yes, you're right. But I'm not saying that I'm I'm a, I'm a rich person or anything, but but I mean like considering the loss of when you hear about hundreds of thousands, it's like nothing. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about some other Curve news now. Uh, Curve, and maybe Garrett, you can walk us through this. Curve is actually voting to add stable swap implementation for Justin Sun's SUSDT and SDI. So what's going on here? Yeah, unfortunately for Rizwan, I will be walking through it, literally, because um, i got to keep hustling here. So <laughs> it, 
So there's a couple of steps that need to take place in order to onboard a few uh, tokens like STUSDT and um, STI. And what's going on here is just the vote to allow the implementation contracts on the factory. There's still a whole like stable swap pool that needs uh, the stable swap NG that needs to get launched to support these. These will have the price oracle and everything that's needed mechanically. Um, these contracts are under audit. The audit process, as anyone knows, could go could be done next week it could be done in a year like uh, we just literally have no time like visibility into how long that process is going to take once that's done uh it'll be smoother to get this going if this vote passes does does sdi have a, a unstaking period no it's zero I don't duration know the zero duration it's instantly renewable yeah, yeah mm. so I'm not allowed to visit the site even with VPN as a uh, burger. Not that I'd ever touch a VPN if <laughs> anyone's listening. Uh, but you can still use the contracts, right? True, yeah. but I'm uh, I'm yeah, dumb. I need the front end. Ah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is if like, you know, uh, front ends are only for dumb people who, you know, can't make their own transactions. If we need <laughs> dumb money in DeFi, or there's no one to dump on. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, let's trust the Etherscan front end instead. <laughs> um, okay. It would be interesting yeah. to see if like decentralized front ends become more of a thing. Like obviously, LUSD has been like most heavily experimenting with that, not operating a front end themselves. Um, like I wonder if we're going to start seeing more tools pop up. But who knows? Yeah, there was a there was a a little wave of. Uh, uh, of like you know assets that um, or, or projects that were kind of working on that, but I, I'm not sure exactly what happened with them. I know there was like two big ones, liquidity, liquidity and uh, what's the other one that I've seen? Rizwan, you're welcome. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh yeah, Vest is shutting down. Yeah, we were we talked about that yesterday. Oh, they voted on shutting it down. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Sad. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. What, what do you guys think about all these unwindings that have been happening? Like just in the past week, we've had Vesta. There's also GrowDAO, which is unwinding too. Um, uh, I personally think that uh, any and uh, it's like a, any business uh, really in real uh, in in businesses outside uh, uh, the blockchain and DeFi in specific, uh, they shut down. And I think that's uh, instead of uh, teams disappearing, that's actually the graceful way to do it. Just uh, let the community vote and. Uh, Value the assets and uh, just make sure that these assets go back to their owners and 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 try to minimize uh, uh, like um, suffering and uh, and loss for users and and team as well and just gracefully shut down and do something else. Why not? Well, it seems like there's a lot of incentives for the team, especially if you have a large amount of like if the team has already vested a large amount of their tokens. That it, yeah, it, that, that, that's yeah. the thing. What happened with Vesta, right? I mean, like Vesta, it, it, like. The price was at like 0.1, right? I believe per token, and uh, the RFV, right? Like the amount of treasury assets per token, uh, was like 0 0.4. Um, and now you have the the uh, some team members that want want to keep going with the project and they want to keep working on it, and then you have uh, uh, two of the founders that want to leave, um, and the, the two founders that want to leave essentially they are saying uh, that they want to get. Uh, rather than seller token, they want to get paid uh, at RFP price, um, which I don't know if that's really justified uh, for, you know, unwinding a project that, I mean, you, you didn't 
pull through on. Now you get to keep part of the entirety of the investments that were put in. That's uh, I, I don't think it's uh, it's a fair dealing there. Right. That actually takes us to uh, <clears throat> to the the question is like uh, I think uh, uh, then DAOs need to uh, um, uh, really work on that just to, to have like uh, some terms and on on founders leaving and something like that. Just vesting contracts are, do not necessarily can claw back uh, tokens, but if you've invested all the tokens, well, what do you do with them, right? They become like risk. So you need to have like some sort of like legal agreement with the founders that if you want to leave, uh, well, there should be a way to do it. For example, even if you keep your tokens, you don't necessarily have the right to just go sell them or rage quit, you know, like other projects, uh, other founders of other projects did or worse, uh, rug pull and just uh, shut down and, and, and use. But um, but yeah, that's a, it's a tough one. But at least now in Avesta, that's a, it's an open conversation. I think it happened. That's a good. Honestly, I see that very positively, although it will create some pain for a lot of users, uh, but at least it's hap- it happened in the open and uh, and in you know voted at least some users voted on it and and yes it's not going to be I think it's a fair distribution but at least as close as fair sometimes in, in DeFi that's the best you get which is really not a bad thing in my opinion yeah yeah. Yeah. And we're getting to the point where a lot of developers that have been working on projects for a long time, maybe like a year or two since 2021, even 2020 for up to three years, probably are looking at the market being like, wow, look, DeFi market's way down. TVL's way down. We're not making money anymore. We probably have what, maybe a year left of runway and I want to work on some other stuff. Yeah, I see some other opportunities out there. So uh, the, the amount and pace of projects that are going to be winding down probably is going to increase over the next two to three quarters. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe uh, there should be some sort of like uh, acquisition, project acquisitions, maybe uh, projects with some sort of like a strong treasuries, uh, you know, acquire other projects. And when you acquire other, other projects, you're basically acquiring really some talent on the team is most importantly in the community. I mean, I mean, like you're, basically kind of transfer some of that community power to, to yours. I think I should start seeing and yeah, well, <laughs> that's probably the least, <laughs> the least important one, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it could be, uh, yeah, it's if there is any kind of uh, established processes, but then we should see start seeing more of that. So Vesta, for example, it's a, they have kind of have good uh, tech and they have some sort of like uh, market share an Arbitrum at least. So it's, it's good. And, um, and maybe other projects can just, uh, you know, and go buy, uh, buy them out. And there should be terms, for example, you just, I, I don't know. And we've seen it uh, with, uh, uh, with the uh, tribe um, uh, DAO uh, between a tribe and, and Rari back in the day. And I think at least to, to some extent, I uh, think uh, it went well before, well, you know, we know what happened after that, but uh, the, the teams, but it, it was actually a good um, merge. Well, it was merge acquisition thing, but we should start seeing more in DeFi. It makes sense right now. Some projects, they don't have runway and they have good team. And uh, and those teams, they just want to, don't want to work on other projects. They just want to continue doing what they do because they just know the project, uh, know the product well, and they know um, uh, they're comfortable with the community and there's community following these uh, projects. So could maybe, maybe some uh, acquisitions. Very cool. Well, uh, I think it's probably a good place to wrap up. We're at the top of the hour. I am Tenzin. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it.
thank you so much guys for having us and uh, I will uh, ask the community just to uh, give uh, Silo Lama a shot you borrow some curve ESD <laughs> right yeah. all right well uh, thank you guys thank you Garrett for always a pleasure also being here today it's my trusted co-host and we will be back tomorrow we have some special guests coming in tomorrow that we're going to announce here in a little bit. And then we also have a meetup coming, don't we, Garrett? Yes, where are you going to be one week from today? Uh, with you. We're going to be <laughs> hosting our first ever Leviathan meetup in New York City, the Big Apple oh. itself. Place oh. where dreams are made of. So come hang out. Uh, I'll come. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be I'll there? Be Excellent. Down. So we yeah, hang out with myself, <laughs> Sam, and most importantly, Tenzin. Yes. <laughs> So we can't we can't uh, announce any kind of roadmap of any kind. Otherwise, it might be a security. But maybe anyone who's there early will you know spark. Uh, we'll cover the first round of drinks. <laughs> nice, amazing. Well, we will see you next week at our in-person event, and also tomorrow. So see you again tomorrow, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>